Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. <clears throat> Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Two man car, Jesse and Ruben. Good morning, Jess. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfect, Ruben. Reporting for duty, sir. And today is a solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Amen. Conception. Mary, pray for us. Remember, today is a, ta- a day to go to Holy Mass. It's a holy day of obligation. And you know, Ruben, when you really realize that the Eucharist is Jesus Christ here on planet Earth, nobody's obligated to go to Mass. You want to go. We get to go, yeah. Exactly. Like you're saying, like, are you kidding me? Receive Jesus Christ today into my body and, and, and soul? Uh, you know, twist my arm. I mean, are you kidding me? So, uh, yeah, as Catholics, we get the privilege that Jesus Christ is here in every Catholic church around the world. So make sure that we uh, uh, exhaust that privilege before you die. Yeah, that's right. Plus, we gain favor with our, our Heavenly Mother, who is going to run interference for us up there when we, uh, when we mess up. And we will. So she's going to come to our aid and, uh, and assist us with her Divine Son. And it's Ruben, such a comforting thought. Yeah. Also, another beautiful... Uh, a Catholic a point of tradition, countless doctors of the church and fathers of the church tell us that that if you're devoted to Our Lady, she will rush to your bedside when you're dying, and she will drive the demons away from your bedside so that you can you know die a, a peaceful death. I mean, what a comforting thought to think that she's going to be there with legions of angels around your bedside as you're as you're breathing your last breath. And so you're not disturbed by the evil one. What what a beautiful, pious thought. Man, yeah. yeah. Hey, Jess, so, uh, you know, just in the news, uh, I just woke up to find out that uh, WNBA basketball player, uh, you know, uh, she's part of the LGBTQ movement, mm-hmm. and uh, she got traded. She, this has got to be the worst trade in history, Jesse. Yeah, uh, I heard. Sherry, yeah, Sherry. they got the, the. They're trading her for the Merchant of Death. He's an arms dealer, a Russian arms dealer, <laughs> and uh, so we're t- we're sending a terrorist back to Russia in exchange for someone who does not love this country. Kneels for the the the, the Star Spangled Banner, Pop- and uh, we also have a Marine over there, Jesse, uh, who's been in custody since 2018. He was he was a former police officer for uh, 10 15 years joined the Marines did uh, he had uh, uh, you know uh tours of duty in I think Iraq and he and uh when he was tour was over he 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 got caught for some espionage so he was trying to uh you know I, he was probably working for uh, uh, some t- some company that was trying to you know get some stuff from Russia but nevertheless he was still a patriot. I think the the thing is that it doesn't fit the narrative because he's conservative and uh, and he's white and uh, white white male of, conservative, yeah. And the other one's yeah. uh, a black female LGBT, yeah. That argument was made, yeah, yeah. So, so they don't care about uh, they don't care about the the white the white uh, conservative, but uh, oh no, no, they're they're like a they're like the most right now they're like the most persecuted people on on planet Earth. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. And they're, 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 thus the term, Ruben, white privilege. Yeah. That's always exactly. bandied around by the left. Hey, Ruben, we want to okay. just play a, qu- a short clip of free speech. It seems like uh, we're battling even in this country to hold on to our free speech. It's a short little clip. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? Freedom of speech. This long-held tenet of American society is being threatened by government officials and activist groups across the country. And they aren't content just to silence the voices of those they disagree with. They are forcing Americans to actually speak contrary to their beliefs. Hmm. Throughout history, the Supreme Court has recognized that without free speech, America will cease to be a vibrant and free democracy that promotes human flourishing and rejects government coercion. Americans have always sought to uphold the principle that while we might disagree with what another is saying, we'll do everything we can to defend their right to say it. But now we're witnessing an increased targeting of Americans and their beliefs by the government dictating what must be said. This should frighten all of us. Government officials and activists have launched a full-scale campaign to misuse laws to force people across the country to say things they don't believe or else to face steep consequences, including six-figure fines and even jail time. Here's a real-world example. In an upcoming Supreme Court case, 303 Creative Violinus, Colorado is trying to force Lori Smith, a Denver-based graphic artist and website designer, to create and promote designs that violate her beliefs about marriage. Lori works with everyone, including those who identify as LGBT. She always decides which projects to design based on the message requested and never, never based on the person requesting it. And that's exactly how it should be. For example, if someone who identifies as gay asked Lori to design a website promoting animal rescue or children with disabilities, she'd gladly create that message. The problem is when Lori is asked to promote a message inconsistent with her convictions. Think about this. Colorado is controlling Lori's speech and telling her what to say and when to say it. It doesn't matter to the state that its message about marriage violates Lori's religious beliefs that guide and inspire every aspect of her life. Colorado insists that she must violate her conscience or not create wedding websites at all. This is unprecedented, and it means that the government could force you or me to say just about anything. That's really dangerous, and it violates the Constitution. Right now, people like Lori are being actively targeted in the marketplace and increasingly in the courts. Why? Because the government wants to censor and coerce anyone who holds a belief about marriage the government doesn't agree with. So Lori is not simply standing for her own speech. She's standing for all Americans to express messages that align with their core convictions. If the government has the power to force Lori to speak a message, it can force just about anyone to speak a message. After all, free speech is essential to a free and pluralistic society. It's the beauty of civil discourse and the unique freedom we have as Americans to speak consistent with our convictions without fear of government punishment. And no one, no one should be forced to say something that they don't believe. Americans deserve better and the constitution requires it. I'm Kelly Fedorik from Alliance Defending Freedom for Edify. 
Ruben, this is the battle that we're going to be in until the second coming of Christ, until we're called home, is, is the battle for free speech. And this uh, this young lady just laid it out perfectly, that uh, you know, we have government officials and activist groups that are not only limiting free speech, but they're actually forcing yeah. Americans to speak contrary to their beliefs. And uh, she laid it out in this video, the way the story of Lori Smith, the designer whose case will be heard by the Supreme Court, uh, this, the the issue of free speech is a communist tactic, and they've they've been implementing yeah. this. There's a book called The Naked Communist that was written back in 1958 by by uh, Leon Clausen. He's a, he was a conservative. He passed away in 2006. But there's three points he makes in the book. He says, <clears throat> for communism to be able to uh, get get a foothold in America. They have to eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Number two, eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates a principle of separation of church and state. And number three, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, and a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. Well, these are some of the things that have been implemented in America, Ruben, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of uh, of that uh, Colorado baker, Jack Phillips, who oh, declined right. to make a custom cake for gay weddings. And he won at his Supreme Court in 2018. But that was a limited decision because they said it was based on, on an animus of a of state civil rights commission. And the factor that made a broader ruling complicated was when was when Mr. Phillips cake design qualified as speech. And so if um, if that's the case, then then the question has to come up. Hey, does free expression, uh, does it go into creative like a wonderful hairdo or um, and now that's what this Lori Smith is is all about. So on on Monday, um, it sounds like. The justices will take up the 303 creative versus Elanis. That's another religious objection to Colorado's anti-discrimination law. And, and at this time, it's it's the First Amendment again, and, and it covers baked goods. But Lori Smith designs websites, as as we heard. She wants to offer custom wedding websites while saying up front that she would decline to work on same-sex weddings because doing so would compromise her Christian values and Christian you know witness. And, uh, and, you know, speech doesn't, I, in my, in my opinion, I'm not a lawyer, but in my opinion, you know, um, your actions are a form of speech in the way you carry yourself, you know, and, uh, you're, if you're, uh, trending in one direction and, uh, you know, the government wants you to go the other way, it's, they're going to, you're going to have a fight on your hands because, uh, Right now, the the woke mob, uh, they want to control everything that that is said and believed as well. Yeah, that's right. Ruben, they're trying to take away our free speech and re-educate our children by the public school education and with the secular media and music, which all leans left. The First Amendment only applies to them when they take the reins of power. Yeah. All right. We'll pick it up. We're going to talk about uh, Mr. Fauci and his mask mandate. Is it effective or ineffective? We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, <laughs> dial 888-526-2151. No mad car, Jesus 911. And we, uh, we're going to be switching gears and talking about uh, Anthony Fauci. You know, probably the uh, he, he's probably responsible for. Uh, well, he's, I just say he's got a lot of blood on his hands, Jesse. He's going mm-hmm. to have to. Uh, he's he's going to have for a whole lot. Answer the yeah. I don't know if, if it's going to happen in this lifetime. The way things are going, I don't going, think so. Prob- I think he's going to get away not. with it. Yeah, but uh, things are starting to come uh, undone for him, and um, he's backtracking on things and. Uh, there's an article by Fox that says that Fauci emailed a friend saying masks were ineffective, and then he pushed for mandates anyway. And this is uh, the Missouri Attorney General uh, is uh, looking into it. So you want to get started? Start us off? Yeah. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt said Friday that during a seven-hour deposition with Dr. Anthony Fauci, new information revealed that two months after Fauci told a friend masks were ineffective, He supported mask mandates. On Friday, the Show Me State Republican attorney generally tweeted a tidbit from his deposition with the outgoing head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Another tidbit from Fauci Depot. In February 20th, he emailed a friend advising her masks were ineffective. Confirmed again on March 31st. On April 3rd, he's adamant masks should be worn even though he couldn't cite a single study to prove it. Mandates followed. Lives ruined. Close quote. <clears throat> uh, Schmidt writes, uh, Eric, General, Attorney General Eric Schmidt uh, tweets, COVID tyranny is born. On Wednesday, Eric Schmidt and his counterpart, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, questioned Biden's chief medical advisor under oath for his alleged role in colluding with big tech to control communication about COVID-19 as part of the duo's lawsuit. Eric Schmidt and Jeff Landry filed a lawsuit in May accusing top-ranking government officials of working with the the giant social media companies Meta Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube and under the guise of combating misinformation in order to achieve greater censorship, they are seeking to prove that Fauci worked with Facebook and others to tamp down talk that the virus originated in a lab in Wuhan, China. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it goes on to say that uh, defendant Anthony Fauci, a senior federal government official coordinating with others, orchestrated a campaign to discredit the lab leak hypothesis in early 2020. Landry and Schmidt said in their brief, and uh, as director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Fauci had funded risky gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Vi- Virology through intermediaries such as Echo Health Alliance, headed by Dr. Peter Das Zak. And uh, so Fauci admits uh, that certain aspects of the government's COVID-19 response were botched, but hmm. um, th- if the lab leak theory were established, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Daszak could be potentially implicated in funding the research on viruses that caused COVID-19 pandemic and killed millions of people worldwide, they said. And according to a Wednesday tweet following the deposition, Schmidt said Fauci knew the lab leak theory had merit, but it, it come back to him and sought to immediately discredit it. So he, yeah, he, Eric Schmidt tweeted that uh, Fauci knew the lab leak theory had merit, but it come, it come back to, and, to him and, and sought to immediately discredit it. Wow. He defended lockdowns. The rest of us don't have the ability to determine what's best for ourselves. 
stay tuned more to come you know and in his last white house press conference before he's scheduled to retire after a 50-year career next month Fauci said every day for all these those years i've given it all that i have and i've never left anything on the field he huh. continued i gave it all i got i gave it all i got Fauci added so uh now uh hopefully he's gonna get some more he's gonna they're gonna find him uh guilty of something because this this is this pandemic is it was all staged jesse and we know that and and then to push the 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 the, the vaccines on us and to push push the uh remdesivir on hospital uh, staffs that they, they they dictated the protocol that they would treat patients with and doctors didn't have a choice either they put up or, or shut up and they and they a lot of doctors lost their jobs, like those frontline doctors that are oh, yeah. have been speaking out against these this tyrannical uh, the CDC and the NIH and all these other three uh, acronym uh, groups. And I can't believe, Ruben, the way the light the White House is lavishing praise on uh, Mr. Fauci's leadership and his legacy as he delivers his final message. His fifty year career, Ruben, of just this guy's just been. A medical monster, a medical tyrant, and it's good to see that on a on a there's somebody else that's being deposed. There's a judge that rules that Jen Psaki must be deposed in a lawsuit over alleged collusion with big tech to censor speech on uh, on the whole uh, again the whole COVID nineteen. So that that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah so and Fauci. Uh... And Fauci came out, uh, I don't know where I read this one, but he, he came out and, and admitted that his daughter works for Twitter. Well, she was working for Twitter, uh, the old Twitter, and uh, before Elon Musk. And so, she, you know, that was his, uh, that was his go-to person, I'm sure, to be able to, to, do, uh, to, to run interference with him at Twitter so that they would take down any, any conflicting uh, thoughts, uh, any, any competing theories about the, va- the vaccine or about the, the, the COVID. Oh, yeah. And then he's also admitted that he's had several, he had several conversations with Mark Zuckerberg. So he sat down with the Facebook or now it's called meta. He sat down with him on, on at least three occasions. And, uh, so that's the, that's the collusion with big tech. And so hopefully it's, there's more is going to come of this. So, um, I, you know, I, I still see I see Hillary Clinton still running loose. So I, I, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'd sure love to at least let the, the information come out so the people can can hear it. That's right. The, yeah. This goes back. Uh, this whole COVID-19 thing with Fauci goes back a couple of years. I'm reading here that in 2017, Anthony Fauci guaranteed a surprise outbreak of an infectious disease during the first term of of the Trump administration. The coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 was created in the biosafety lab level four in Wuhan, which received millions of dollars from Anthony Fauci. Also, Dr. Brigan, a world-renowned psychiatrist, says an evil cabal of powerful elites, including National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director Anthony Fauci, tech billionaire Bill Gates, and World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab created the COVID pandemic to push the deadly vaccines on an unsuspecting public and usher in a new world order. Then, in 2010, 
Bill Gates pronounced the decade of the vaccine. And who do you think was right, right with him as a partner in the declaration? Anthony Fauci. <clears throat> he said that he said Gates, Anthony Fauci said that Gates founded the decade of vaccines project in 2010, uh, assembling a committee made up of globalists, including Fauci, to implement a global vaccine action plan. Uh, the world today has about 7 billion people. Gates said in a TED talk in 2010, that's headed up to about 9 million. Now, Gates said, if we do a really good job on the new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive services, that means abortion, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. <clears throat> the doctor said, uh, he unearthed a 2015 paper that showed funding from Fauci's NIAID to collaborative to a collaborative study with the two top scientists at the Wuhan lab. And Dr. Brigan stressed that Fauci had to know that he was funding a potential pandemic virus being conducted by the communist Chinese government. And finally, in 2020, while Operation Warp Speed is going on and they're rushing these human experiments, a paper comes out from independent people in a major journal through Fauci funding. He probably funded it without knowing what was going to, to happen, or he didn't care, saying these, these vaccines, all of them, not just mRNA and DNA, but even, even the killed vaccines, they're too ja- dangerous to even try on humans. Hmm. This guy's bad news, Ruben. He's been bad news for a long time. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And, um, I mean, even his, old, his, his own people, uh, this was in October of, of uh, last year, you know, uh, they, they admitted that they had, in fact, funded gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, that was a, a, a Senate hearing with uh, Senator Tom Cotton. And, you know, he's gone round and round with uh, Rand Paul. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Rand Paul's a doctor himself. But, uh, they, you know, it was, it was getting pretty heated. And, you know, they were kind of going at each other. And uh, he was really upsetting Fauci, uh, Rand Paul was. Uh, it's it's funny to see because you know this guy Fauci Jesse he was never elected you know we didn't vote him in there and he was controlling essentially the world's the world's view on all the uh, uh, the care treatment right. of COVID nineteen one uh, man one man Ruben I, I, uh, where do you get that power from? eight billion people. Well, I, I blame Trump too for not getting rid of him when he had the chance to. You yeah. know, he should have. Yeah, that was that was definitely out. a misstep. Yeah, yeah, they should. But uh, so. Ruben, there's also there's a I pulled up a couple of other articles uh, just to show you how how many people speak out against Fauci. Here's one: Stanford researchers on masks' possible effect. Stanford researchers say that masks can damage the lungs, can even be life-threatening, and cause mental confusion. Here's another one. Global research medical doctors warn that bacterial, bacterial pneumonias are on the rise from mask wearing. Here's another one. LifeSite News. COVID masks are programming us to hate other people and treat them as subhuman beings. Yeah, you see that when Karen's yell at somebody else saying, put on a mask, you're going to kill me. You know, what's the matter with you? Mm-hmm. Here's another one. 
Rand Paul <clears throat> says mass mandates are nothing except submission. It's all about submission. Judicial Watch. Yeah. Judicial Watch uncovers documents behind one billion dollar mask deal between California and Chinese Communist Party linked company. <laughs> wow. Here's another one. LifeSite News. Uh, masks, a possible risk for spreading COVID, predisposing people to other infections. Here's another one. The University of Florida lab finds dangerous pathogens on children's face masks. And yet another one. 47 studies confirm ineffectiveness of masks for COVID and 32 more confirm their negative health effect. Young children being forced to wear masks is of particular concern. You're listening to Jesus uh, 911. We'll be right back. We'll uh, wrap it up here with this topic on the mask. Then we're going to move on to the heroes and the zeros for November. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. We are back, Jesus 911. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And we are talking, we've been talking about Anthony Fauci, who's, uh, but he's a household name by now. And you you know that uh, we've been controlled by his, uh, his, decrease is like a little uh like a napoleon uh jesse where he sure is he's dictating what everything we we have to do with the, the involvement of covid virus which he helped fund in the in the wuhan lab so um hopefully this guy gets his justice and uh we'll see what happens with it but well let's go on yeah we'll let me just mention one last thing on the masks here it mm-hmm. says the last one study shows inhalation of microplastics found in masks getting into lung tissue for the first time so in other words ruben i mean one study after another this stuff is bad news what they did to the people to the people around the world especially the children uh there are medical consequences and hopefully ruben there's going to be a bunch of lawsuits of people that are going to claim damages for for some of these things that have happened uh you know the the only time i used to like to see people wear masks when i when i was young and my dad used to take me to 18th and Grand to the Olympic Auditorium, and I used to watch Lucha Libre. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I used to watch Mil Mascaras and his yeah. brother, uh, Psicodelico. And the, hey, I like watching those guys wrestle in a mask. But other than that, you know, but they, they yeah. wanted to wear a mask. <laughs> they weren't forced to wear a mask. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what, what what happened here, Ruben, was a travesty. Oh man, did, did you ever go to 18th months. and Grand with your dad? I- I only I know I've only watched uh, boxing. I I never went to the uh, the the uh, wrestling. Oh, Ruben! But I so, I see it on so TV. Entertaining. Yeah, with uh, Kenji Shibuya. Remember him? I, uh, John Tolis, Freddie Blassie. No, I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, Freddie Blassie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, crazy. But also, one more thing about the masks. Just and then we'll go on to the next topic. <clears throat> um, one of the things about the masks that I was doing some research on is is uh they used to muzzle the blacks that they would consider belligerent and 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 uh you know bellicose the black slaves and they used to bring them over here to america 
the ones that were muzzled in their face, they had like a face mask. It's the ones that were, you know, pushing back against uh, being being enslaved. You'll also find that masks are used by terrorists, bank robbers. You'll also find that, uh, you know, bad guys, when they tie up their victims, like for a kidnapping, they'll put a mask on them. In other words, what I'm saying is that it, psychologically wearing a mask, it, it, it turns you into either that, that criminal, you put on that criminal mind, like the terrorist or, you know, you know, a bandit, or you're a victim because you're being forced to wear it. Nonetheless, in fact, I pick, uh, the, the Encyclopedia Britannica, it says this about wearing masks. So here's, a, here's an encyclopedia. It says, the wearer of a mask skillfully becomes a partner of the character that he is impersonating. Given to the mask, not only an important spark of vitality by the light flashing from his own eyes, he also brings it alive. He brings the mask alive by his movements and poses. In other words, in the end, the mask becomes part of the very identity to those who wear it. The occult transition becomes complete. The new you is born from this ritual. And it, it also says, <clears throat> but often the wearer of the mask seems to become psychologically one with the character he is helping to create. He seems to become an automaton without his own will, which has become subservient to that of the personage of the mask. And, and I think Encyclopedia Britannica makes a good point because, for example, when people wear masks for Halloween, they want to become someone else at least temporarily for a few hours. You know, that's why, you know, again, like I said, bank robbers, Islamic terrorists, they wear masks. Uh, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, because they become not the best versions of themselves. They become mm. the worst versions of themselves. Yeah. And, and by seeing over the last few years with the masks, people have been able to, you know, go in and uh, commit their uh, their heinous crimes, you know, smash and grab robberies that are happening all over the country. And you don't. In the past, you see when someone with a mask on in public, you think, oh, this guy's a crook. You know, he's getting ready to. The old cartoon, you know, where they always showed the bank robber with the with the mask on. That was that was his character. But now they're it, everybody's uh, was in mask and it's it's led to criminal behavior. And it's kind of to what uh, to your point and they become somebody else and, and they're just brazen and it's going on all over the country. These uh, this, these criminals that are just and, and there's more to it than that. Uh, the fact that, you know, um, our attorneys, uh, the prosecutors are not filing cases on these and they, they've raised the, the amount of uh, theft, the, the amount of, of the, uh, the loot to to higher numbers. So it's no it's no longer a, a misdemeanor. It's no longer a felony. Um, but uh, there's. There's so many things that are going on in this country and the masks have uh, a big place in it and we got to get rid of them. And uh, I'll tell you, it was, it was never, it was during Halloween. I don't know if you remember, Jesse, we'd uh, have, we'd have cases of hey, a crime broadcast going out. Yeah. The suspect robbed the Seven Eleven. He, he was, uh, what was he wearing? Well, he's wearing a Bill Clinton mask, you know? And uh, so it was funny that, uh, a lot of these things would happen on Halloween because they were wearing masks, you know? Yep. Yeah. Again, it just, uh, you know, the bad guys want to conceal themselves and bad guys 
just to humiliate victims, conceal a victim's face. And I'll tell you the worst thing about wearing a mask, especially Reuben at mass. Okay, I'll tell you what's, I mean, theologically. Since we're made in the image and likeness of God, and one of the ways that we portray the image and likeness of God is by our face. That's why it says in the Bible that, that all of us will see God face to face. That's the beatific yeah. vision. What our face will see the face of this one holy God for all eternity. And so to cover the human's face is to cover the image and likeness of God. Again, like it says in Matthew 18, the angels behold the face of God. That's what it means to look at God. You have face-to-face contact with him. And uh, God's face is not covered. And since we're the image and likeness of God, our face should not be covered as well. At least it should not be covered by force. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesse, when I'm in public, I, I try to uh, I, I try to say hi to everybody that's walking in the stores next to me. And um, and those people with masks on, you, you have no idea if they're smiling or if they're uh, but it, it kind of they, it's almost like they're closed off to themselves. They don't want they don't want attention and they don't want to be uh, acknowledged, you know. And uh, so it, it's it's just frustrating to see people still wearing masks out in public and uh, we got to get rid of this. It, it's not a, it's not a good sign. It's not a good, uh, it's behavior. not healthy, Ruben. It's not it's healthy. Not healthy. It's not mentally healthy. It's not physically healthy. And the studies have proven that. <clears throat> hey, let's talk about that. the heroes and zeros of November, 2022 as the years, uh, winding down yeah. here. Let's talk about the good guys and the bad guys. So yeah, Catholic vote. It's, uh, it's committed to, to holding, self-professed Catholic leaders and institutions to the standards of church teaching. So that's what this Catholic accountability accountability project is all about. And uh, they say that we deserve to to know exactly where our Catholic leaders stand, both the heroes who are standing up for the truth and the zeros who cause grave scandal by their words and actions. Every month we hold these Catholics accountable and praise them when they deserve it. And we ask you to pray for all Catholics in the public square, heroes and zeros alike. And the first one they mentioned is Senator Mark Rubio, a Republican from Florida. And and as Democrats and even Republicans pushed uh, to redefine marriage in the Senate, three outspoken Republicans came out in defense of the family, Senator Jim Langford, Senator Mike Lee, and Catholic Senator Marco Rubio. And so Senator Rubio fought unflinchingly to convince his fellow senators to support religious freedom amendments to the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. And in addition, Rubio's triumphant campaign for re-election was a master class on how to respond to biased media questions on abortion and when. So for all of this, Senator Rubio, this hero badge is for you. Here's also why he got he deserves a hero badge, Ruben. <clears throat> he goes to daily mass, whatever diocese mm. he lives in in Florida. After he gets out of mass, what he does... He'll take his the the verse of scripture that spoke to him more than any other verse of scripture during the mass, and he'll put that out on social media, usually through a tweet. He'll put out a Bible verse every day when he gets out of mass. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ruben, that is pretty impressive. And he'll actually say, "I just came out of mass, and you know, Psalm twenty-three, you know, just jumped out at me, leapt out of the page. The Lord is my shepherd; there is nothing I shall want." Then he'll tweet it out. So he does that nice. every day after daily mass. I mean, that, 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 those are the type of people yeah. we want representing us. We don't want exactly. secular humanists representing us. This, 
people like him. This is exactly what it means to have one nation or be one nation under God. The next uh, hero, Catholic University of America. This month, uh, CUA, Catholic University of America, publicly opposed the the Disrespect for Marriage Act, confirming that the institution stands with Cardinal Timothy Dolan and the teachings of the Catholic Church on the radical legislation to redefine marriage. Wedding cake bakers, faith-based adoption, and foster care providers, religious employers seeking to maintain their faith identity, faith-based housing agencies, are all at great risk of discrimination under this legislation. The university said in a statement, the bill is a bad deal for many courageous Americans of faith and no faith who continue to believe and uphold the truth about marriage in the public square today. Catholic University of America could have gone the way of the Jesuit-run Georgetown University but chose a different path, a more courageous path. And for that, Catholic University of America deserves our recognition. And yeah, this is important because just like we criticize a lot of these institutions, when they do something good in the public square uh, and when they stand in the breach, yeah, we've got to recognize them. And God bless uh, CUA. Uh, obviously, they had some good, uh, uh, some good Catholics steering that ship. Exactly. Uh, the Catholic Medical Association, um, they get a two thumbs up in October. Hold that thought, Ruben. I hear the music. Oh, okay. I hear the music. You're listening to Jesus 911, two-man card. Just remember, Ruben Nava. Uh, remember, today's a holy day of obligation. It's the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Go to, We get to go to Holy Mass. We don't have to go. We get to go. How's that? Hey, we'll keep talking about heroes and zeros for November. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. We are talking about uh, the heroes and the zeros. Uh, the uh, Catholic uh, group, it's called Catholic Boat, and they, uh, they, they either praise or they hold accountable those uh, Catholics in the public square that are uh, not holding fast to our Catholic beliefs and um, you're trying to uh, call them out, call them on the carpet. And um, the, le- the the next one is the Catholic Medical Association. So in October, three medical, three major medical associations, the, the American Medical, medical Association, AMA, the American Academic, Academy of Pediatrics, AAP, and the Children's Hospital Association, the CHA, demanded that Attorney General Merrick Garden investigate and prosecute anyone spreading disinformation about gender affirming care. In November, the Catholic Medical Association, the CMA, which represents over 2,000 medical professionals in the United States, responded with an open letter challenging those who led October's attack on common sense and human dignity. Many of CMA's members are also working to shed light on the ill effects of inflicting puberty blockers, chemical castration, and sex change surgeries on minors. For this, the CMA stated, many members have been targeted and threatened. And the expression of concern over the ability of youth to understand and consent to irreversible surgical interventions that result in loss of fertility and adult sexual function does not constitute harassment or intimidation, CMA's letter stated. CMA's members are heroes for sending a clear message to the world. Catholics will not be silenced and we are not alone. Yeah, it's, there's something wrong in this world when 
doctors who are supposed to be looking out for our best interests are are pushing this just gender affirming uh, care, and it's um, it's it's crazy that you know with all their medical training they they can't um, make a logical decision on whether a guy could be a a gal and vice versa. It's 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 repugnant in my in my estimation. And uh, if you have doctors like that, you need to find a new doctor. Ruben and I, it's it's scared to think that we have now a Supreme Court justice that does, and she's a female, and yeah. she doesn't know she can't define. This is a highly educated uh, black female Supreme Court justice who cannot define what is a woman, and she, she's sitting, she, yeah, and she, she's she, sitting making decisions that affect the entire nation. Yeah, she just she doesn't want to define it because it's going to go against. Uh, with the whole um, the whole liberal narrative the, yeah the narrative that they're pushing it's funny how uh, on those liberal newscasts there's uh sometimes they point out how they they start reading from the same script and every station says the same thing you, and you know it's like a they're parroting each other i i i i just get so much i anger uh built up in me that's why i gotta stop watching the news uh i have to limit myself just because right no, no it starts, i get it yeah it starts working on my uh my you know my lower the, faculties. yeah the lower fact exactly well I, i'm gonna work on your lower faculties right now ruben uh i just uh <laughs> it's, uh, it's all over the internet the government has just passed a law codifying homosexual marriage into law yeah. and our and our <clears throat> catholic president has pledged to sign the bill as soon as it gets to him uh, all I can say is today's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. God will not be mocked, especially on a day like this. If this president signs this bill and now that, uh, you know, it's it's been it's been passed by Congress and it's sitting on his desk. Um, I can only imagine, Ruben, what uh, the hand of God is going to fall upon America uh, if we keep uh, if we keep poking the bear. I mean, this is uh, <laughs> what we deserve is is chastisement you know yeah. that that have you know of, of biblical proportions and consequences at the rate this country's going and and we have one party well a uniparty you have some bad republicans as well that are taking this this country over the cliff let's look at some of the zeros the catholic senators who voted to redefine marriage this month the senate advanced a so-called disrespect for marriage act in the 6237 vote Catholic Votes Catholic Upon the Accountability Project team noted that the number of Catholic politicians who, to their shame, supported the bill, including four Catholic Republicans and all 15 Democrats who claim to be Catholic, remember their names. They threw their fellow Catholics and all people of faith of good faith to the wolves. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, yeah, go ahead. Next one, Ruben. Yeah. Yeah, so the Republicans, you know, there's a link that t- takes you to who the names are. Yeah, these are the four Republicans that voted for it: Susan Collins, Republican of Maine; uh, Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican of uh, AK, what that's Alaska. Yeah, a- and Senator Lisa Murkowski, Rep- Republican from Alaska, and Senator Tom Tillis from uh, North Carolina. And I know there's a slew of other Democrats and Catholic Democrats that voted for it too. Um, yeah, which doesn't surprise me. Your your boy down there in uh, Arizona, Mark Kelly, Democrat. He uh, he's the astronaut. He he voted for it, of course. 
Unbelievable. And and Joe Manchin, you know, I thought he was in the middle of the road, but he he voted for it as well. And he's out of West Virginia. Alex Padilla, of course, that's uh, that was a given. California, they're they're never going to go against the tide. But no. so that's why we say we remember the names because we got to vote those people out of office. Those yeah. those rhinos have no business representing us, or at least do at least change parties, you know, because, because they're not them. they're not conservative. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they they're not they're not even following their own party platform, right? Yeah. Outreach, uh, operating under Jesuit run American media outreach bills itself as the LGBTQ Catholic resource, but it actively undermines church teaching on the human person, all while pretending to be an authority on Catholic teaching. This month, outreach reported on the Flemish bishops declaration that same sex couples can now celebrate their relationships with a new loosely developed liturgy in Catholic churches and that Jesuit father, Jos Moons, it's always the Jesuits, Jessica. <laughs> Assures us is a good thing. I like to stress that for it means that the objective is not to overturn church teaching. Rather, right. the intention is to appreciate and acknowledge. So outreach does not, however, appreciate anyone who actually upholds church teaching. The website excoriated the Archdiocese of Denver, along with the Cardinal Newman Society and Person and Identity Project for opening wide the doors to the culture of death, which is doctrinally solid policy upholding catholic teaching on sexuality in parochial schools so if you go to that you will find that the diocese of denver did a really good job of defining uh what the catholic teaching is so if you they got go a good to bishop the, over there yeah yep nancy okay. pelosi she's another zero for the month of november outgoing speaker of the house <clears throat> in her farewell address to congress nancy pelosi announced that she will be stepping out of her leadership role in the democrat party as she Good. winds down her disastrous 35-year career. Just so we wouldn't forget, she again described herself as a devout Catholic while reflecting back on her public service record. During her tenure in the House of Representatives, Pelosi has consistently voted for, and as Speaker of the House, pushed others to vote for, some of the most extreme abortion legislation ever conceived. She has just as consistently voted against the even the most basic protections for religious freedom and the health of mothers and unborn children. Catholic Vote wishes her a long and reflective retirement because her final legacy score is zero. And I'll tell you one thing, Ruben, uh, if this woman doesn't repent, and I mean seriously repent, of her wretched life as a Catholic politician, uh, this woman is going to be in the deepest parts of hell. This woman is wicked and she's evil and uh, I hope she uh, encounters God and and and, uh, and and moves to living in a state of grace. Because boy, oh boy, she has been the witch, the wicked witch of the West uh, for Catholics and for the country at large. Yeah, and she celebrates abortion in the name of her faith because every time she opens her mouth, I'm a I'm a practicing uh, Catholic. I'm a committed. I'm a, you know, uh, she goes on and on about how devoted she is to her catholic faith and yet she doesn't believe one iota of it so nope and same with uh, same with biden he, you know i carry a rosary in my pocket and he says if you question my catholicism i'll shove my rosaries down your throat now ruben even in my darkest hours i've never ever thought about shoving my rosaries down anybody's throat that that doesn't even mm. cross my mind yeah those my, two don't those don't even go together yes i mean when i pick up the rosary i don't think about violence i think about praying and getting connected 
getting in tune with our Lord and our Lady. I mean, what kind of a dark remark is that? I mean, again, Ruben, what is politics? I'm reading from Father Pierre here from the Diocese of Versailles, France. He says, politics, in the first sense, is the management of the life of the city. And God, who wants the good of men, is interested in this work. In his name, the church never asks, never tires of asking for a generation of men and women who understands that politics is the demanding path of charity and action. A charity is based on an essential conviction that all power is called to service. To enter politics means to serve one's brothers, means to forget oneself and take on the mantle of a servant like Christ did on the evening of Holy Thursday. Boy, oh boy, Reuben, that's the furthest thing from most politicians' mind these days, uh, a ministry of service. For them, it's it's a ministry of making a whole lot of money and ending up multimillionaires. Yeah. I'll tell you, to whom much is given, much is required, and there, there's going to be some uh, justice to, to be paid um, for these politicians that that uh, have so much they so much good they could do, and they they miss out because of their 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 politics, because of the, the their lack of belief in in God and the teachings of uh, Holy Mother Church. It's it's shameful, and 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 when lukewarm Catholics see. Catholics like Pelosi, and they 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 don't seek to change because they say, oh well, she's you know the high, she's the third leading uh, the highest politician in the land, and she feels that way. I guess I could feel that way too, or I can vote that way. Unbelievable, Jess. <clears throat> so uh, it's hard. Yeah, I, I forget to pray for him, Jesse. Myself, I I, I, I do, uh, but I I we guess we got to pray for the, these these people. A lot of politi- a lot of Catholic politicians fall under the heresy of Americanism. Yeah, which which basically means that that their American politics supersede their Catholic faith. In other words, and for us as Catholics, our faith should supersede anything else. But too many Catholic politicians in America, uh, their politics supersedes their Catholic faith. And if they don't repent, they will pay for it on Judgment Day. That's That's a wrap. Yeah. All right. And you've been listening to Jesus 911. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, like and share it with others. And uh, stay tuned for Hands-On Apologetics with Jared Mishuda, the Midwest Command Center. We are EOW 107. We are out. Out. Out.